Hello, folks. Philip Bateman from Bravo Charlie here at Intersect 21 again with Hannah Glass, who's a senior associate with King Alden Allison's and sits on the steering committee for the National Blockchain Roadmap, which is a year into being out in the industry. And I was curious, on the steering committee, what are you steering us towards? Well, the whole idea behind the steering committee for the National Blockchain Roadmap is actually to work out how we can set and implement this National Blockchain Roadmap because, of course, when it was published back in February of 2020, the whole idea behind setting 12 signposts was to look at where can this go. It was sort of the first step along the road. Um, the next step and the next major step has really been working through um, the working groups, of which there are four, um, and they relate to reg tech, cybersecurity, supply chains, and credentials. And it was to bring industry in. So this could be a discussion between industry, government, and all manner of stakeholders to really work out what are the opportunities for Australia to leverage blockchain technology now and, and really into the future, because Government can work on this and they can put out information, but it's that collaborative approach here that really makes this quite a powerful initiative and is where we're getting a lot of really interesting insights and traction as to where Australia can leverage blockchain and where we can really move forward as part of the digital economy strategy. And I was quite excited hearing about using Australia, not looking overseas to see who are the leaders in the space. It seems like Australia's done quite a lot to contribute to the global sort of standards framework development on blockchain. Would that be the case? Yes, it has. Australia is actually one of the first places that really engaged with this at a sort of political and a legislative level. So Australia was actually probably the first place to implement laws that facilitated um the reporting from a KYC perspective and um, compliance with anti-money laundering requirements. So, Jargon alert, KYC? KYC is um, know your customer. Mm. So that's a requirement under anti-money laundering legislation, which it comes from an international accord. And Australia actually implemented laws in 2018. Um, this was part of a discussion that started way back in 2014. And I don't think that was anywhere else in the world at that time where you actually had industry and government genuinely working together because people really did want to comply. Um, on the standard side, Australia has spearheaded the work of ISO, the International Standards Organization, um, in creating a standard for blockchain technology. Now, this is known as ISO TC, Technical Committee 307. This is like 9001 certifications, that ISO stuff? Yeah, exactly. And the whole idea is this creates a technological framework for people implementing any sort of blockchain solution. And it's, it goes to that technological level, which means it should be able to be applied across blockchains, across use cases, which which is very exciting. And having Australia as the chair of that working group, because it came out of Standards Australia, as well as being very actively involved in things to do with the taxonomy that's being used, as well as smart contracts, means that we are right in the thick of these discussions and really leading them from a smart contracts perspective. One of the really exciting things is we're looking at this from a legal as well as a technological perspective, not to say this is what the law should be because that's not the role of ISO. Um, and in fact, law should always reflect where they're being implemented. But it's more around making sure that the technology and the law can work together when this is being implemented because it's really about facilitating the use of the technology 
regardless of the use case and regardless of the actual blockchain itself. You mentioned, so we've just spent an hour in a round table, which was actually a rectangular table, with a whole bunch of different uh, people from industry. And I heard, it's an agitator in the room, but somebody who was very adamant about, we need collaboration, we need leadership in this space. And it sounds like from what I was hearing from the government representatives, there is a lot of collaboration. There is a lot of, I'll, I'll be interested later to get to the bottom of what leadership would look like in that regard. Um, I think Australia has always been quite collaborative. We we have an advantage because we're not a huge country. Um, we also have an advantage in that our different levels of government speak to one another, um, which means that we, we can actually work through things and there is genuinely a view that things this should be developed in a collaborative way. That, that's across fintech. That's across all areas. It's not just blockchain. With the national blockchain roadmap itself, having something that has come from the Department of Industry shows that this is cross-industry, cross-economy, but it also ensures that we're doing something that is not just government setting a policy that is then being adopted by industry. It's everyone working collaboratively. And yes, some say, you know, we need a centralized body, but Blockchain's not centralized and it works really well. <laughs> we actually need that collaboration and that, yeah. that's key to making sure whatever policy comes out, whatever is implemented, actually works for people who are using this. And we're finding out through the roadmap process all manner of people who are using the technology, who are developing new solutions, where the, that technology is actually going and the use cases as well which we wouldn't have found out if it was just a centralised body saying, this is what we're doing. It, it's that collaboration that makes this so powerful. And I'd suggest from the perspective that Australia, we do mining and financial services predominantly. If you follow the money, it would be insane not to be pushing this from all levels of both commercial and government. Exactly. And, you know, we look at financial services and that was really the first area where people thought about blockchain because of its history. But there's so many more areas that it's being implemented. Part of the roadmap itself is actually the creation of government grants. And there are two grants that are open at the moment for pilot projects. Mm. One of them is critical minerals. Yeah. Um, that and plays the other was, I was looking at them both like a few weeks ago. Yeah, the other one's um, food and beverage, yeah, actually. Yeah, uh, For... Um, Taxation compliance with the liquor gin distillation stuff. Excise tax. That is part of it. Um, I mean, what, what's interesting is they both have a reg tech element to them. Yeah. So it's compliance with taxation. I think there may also even be a quarantine aspect yeah. there, but don't. Um, I will leave that one up to the people who are looking at it in more detail. Reg tech, regulatory tech. So I've never heard that term until I walked into this room, and I like to think I'm smart. <laughs> so <laughs> that's pretty much all tech to do with regulation, right? Basically, yes. Yeah. So reg tech is, of course, a portmanteau of regulatory and technology. Um, what it really means is the use of technology to meet legal, regulatory and compliance obligations. It came out of fintech, particularly in the anti-money laundering world where people felt that there was a need to, and there is a need, to use technology to monitor transactions and to monitor information to be able to report to regulators. But there's so much more. If you think about the proliferation of data in the world right now, you need to be able to monitor and manage that. You need to be able to gain insights from that. And when what you're trying to do is gain insights from that to meet legal requirements, to enforce legal rights, to report to a regulator or to create inf 
reports to provide to a regulator, well, that's reg tech. Mm. Um, you can't deliver a product unless you comply with regulations. So not at all. Not not if you not if you're in an environment like Australia. Yeah. Um, where, where, but it, I mean, yeah. it's one of the good things about yeah. being here. Yeah. Is people want to comply. They yeah. want to do the right thing, mm. and technology is a great way of enabling that. You've been on a discovery journey, I believe, over the last year in relation to this. Is that fair to say? It certainly is. Yeah. And that's the whole point of a roadmap is where you start out. It's not where you're going to end up. So what I was wondering is how, what have you discovered about ethics and people's relation to blockchain as it changes on a national basis? So with different countries around the world, how are they embracing this? Do you have a quick level overview of it? I well, really, what surprised you? What surprised me? Um what have you learned? I think there's very little that surprises me in this world mm. um, because you hear about new technologies, new developments every single day. Mm. I think what was incredibly encouraging is no matter which area of this you're in, a lot of people have a focus on making sure that they're doing the right thing. Mm. They want to protect consumers. They want to provide confidence that when, for instance, a protocol says they hold your assets, they genuinely do. Mm. Um sometimes the sentiment and the actual application don't align, but that whole idea that people want to do the right thing is incredibly encouraging. Mm. And it's one of the great things about where the technology is and where we've ended up mm. is there is a maturity in the blockchain market now, mm. um, whether that's the um, use of blockchain as a foundational technology mm. or whether it's on, even on some instances on the crypto side, that maturity is coming through and it will continue. Because mm. when you mentioned there about that your wallet contains what it's supposed to, that to me, when you said it earlier, I just I went, oh, of course, because I, I didn't even assume I've got digital wallets, they have the things in them. Mm. I never considered that these would need to be audited or validated to genuinely contain the things they contain, which again, I guess, regulatory compliance or not, it's just validation really. Yeah, and what you find then is you'll say, well, when do we regulate? Mm. Well, we regulate when there is a need to give a framework to that auditing. Mm. So you don't mm. question whether your bank holds your money because they do, and there's a huge amount of law behind it as to what they have to do, what that relationship is that you have with your bank. Um, but ultimately, as a consumer, you just say, I have a bank account it's with a bank. My money is there. I can access it. People assume that the same thing would happen in a blockchain and crypto world. Um, and what's been interesting is there may not be the same regulatory or legal framework in that same way because we haven't had crypto wallets around for as long as we've had banks. Um, but those, in order to comply with those same principles, we are seeing people implement systems, which are technological systems, to make sure that that same confidence exists mm. so that people actually genuinely have access to those particular crypto assets. Yeah. And you're on the steering committee, steering us towards things. What icebergs have you identified that you're steering us around? Or that could be out there that we haven't found yet? Um, what's quite interesting is the, the number one barrier was actually education. Um, and that's both from the perspective of misconceptions around what the technology is used for. Um, unfortunately, there is a bit of a spectre of its origins with the dark web. Um, there's been a significant movement since then. 
um, and it's just overcoming that hurdle, which is a matter of messaging and discussions, and it's ongoing, um, but that, that is unfortunately still an issue. The other thing is people who are using blockchain technology as a foundational technology have unfortunately found that they'll enter into a room, they'll say, we've got this incredible solution. It uses blockchain. And the next thing they're delving into that highly technical detail of the technology itself. If they were walking into a room and saying, we're using AI or machine learning, that conversation wouldn't be happening until you're sort of 10 months down the line into implementation of the solution and working with actual developers. So again, that's an educational barrier that we've found um, has prevented the adoption of this. But as things are progressing, as people start to look at this as a foundational technology more and more, hopefully that barrier will also be removed. That really sounds like a call to technologists to stop being so excited about IT and to walk into rooms and have business and commercial discussions with people. To some extent, yes. Yeah, I'll make that call. Do, do that. <laughs> stop talking about the tech. Because um, they just need to know how it benefits them as a supply chain, if that's what we're talking about. Exactly. And it's also a case of saying, basically checking yourself when someone says blockchain and making sure that you're genuinely thinking about this as a technology and not just going blockchain equals Bitcoin, because it so does not. Mm. Um, most of the technology, most of the protocols that people are using are not Bitcoin, mm. or at least when you're looking at it as a foundational technology. Of course, that's still out there and there are mm people who use that two questions in closing what are you excited about in relation to this digital economy blockchain your work i'm excited about seeing these solutions actually go into production and we're at the early stages of that now and it'll be it, it is incredible to see how the industry has progressed over the past I think, seven years now since i've been in this world and to see how we're finally getting to real projects making real change and that excites me. So can you paint a picture? If you've sat and imagined these things and seen them, like a few years after implementation, what does that look like on the ground for me, consumer, walking around? You probably won't know that there's a blockchain involved. Things will just work better. Great. I was going to ask if there's one thing you wanted people to know about blockchain. What would it be, though? It, I think that kind of nailed it. <laughs> that would be it. I mean, you'll be surprised. There are already use cases which use blockchain underneath, and you wouldn't even know it. You just use the technology. Great. We'll leave on that mysterious note. Thanks so much for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much.